Welcome to Rant and Rave Wrestling, episode 22. I'm your host, Blake Short, and I'm going to start us off with my quote. Beth is right. Randy Orton is a son of a bitch. And I'm joined by the double R superstar, Roy the Roy Rowe. Yeah, baby. And Greg Oveson. Eh, fuck off. <laughs> this week, we discuss the coronavirus. Wow. And MJF giving a kid the middle finger. <laughs> Before getting to our main event, where SmackDown, Raw, AEW, and NXT square off in a three-round debate for brand supremacy. But first, a little round-to-the-table discussion where we discuss our lives and the world of wrestling for the last week. Before we get into that, Roy, would you like to tell the listeners what in the hell is going on right now and why I'm the one doing the talking? Okay, so we're going to start rotating the hosts every week. Uh, in an attempt to give everybody a, a better feel at what we do on the podcast and to let everybody have a chance to let their personality shine more. So typically I build the shows and I'll just, I take I take some of the most important news for the week and then just ask some questions branching off of that. And this week, Blake is trying that. And I don't know really what to expect because anybody can kind of do their own thing. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is when it comes to rant versus rave, are you the one that's going to be yelling that now? Yes. Okay. Yes, I will. I'm excited for that. Um, I'll have to make sure to disagree with somebody at some point just to see. <laughs> I, I've tried many different voices and they all suck, so I can't really? wait to get to it. Yes. So you just been sitting there practicing it? Yes. Uh, this has been, dude, like I'm excited and like I had anxiety over this as well which yeah. is kind of weird because i normally don't i'm not normally nervous about anything i'm normally pretty calm cool and collected but it's been kind of a cool change of scenery for me so it's been a fun week i'm preparing. excited when i first brought it up you you jumped on it immediately and i mean that's your personality to just even if something's uncomfortable that's almost more of a reason for you to jump in i think so yeah. i'm really excited to see what you got i appreciate it man so let's get us started um i think i'll start this week with what was going on i had a really good week um, big change from last week with all the negativity and the things that I felt about wrestling. I kind of sat back and observed that and listened to the podcast a couple times. And I realized that as invested as I am in wrestling, I don't want to get to that point to where I'm that upset about it. If it becomes something along that those lines, I need to re-examine how I am as a wrestling fan. And I think going forward, I want to learn from how I felt about the Goldberg situation and almost make it more of a humorous thing for me than to be disappointed because that was not fun being in that type of mood about it. And it's a little too much at that point. And the cats, once again, always try to derail me, but they will not this week. They will not do it. So that was something that I kind of examined this week, and it put me in a better mood going forward. You understand, for anybody listening for the first time that doesn't understand how often the cats interrupt the podcast, <laughs> what a crazy person you just sound like. like. I, know, I know, but for the ones who do listen every week, they know the cats find their way once Into each the show. Podcast they do. Week. This is a podcast strictly about wrestling, us, and the noises cats make. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's perfect. So another thing I wanted to talk about was sleep. Greg will probably tell us this week that he didn't get much sleep. And that's that's kind of been his MO because he had a baby. I will tell you that I've been getting too much sleep. <laughs> and I cannot believe I'm saying this. But I want to hold myself accountable. So I'm going to put it on the podcast. I have had a goal for the last two weeks to wake up around 9 o'clock. And then slowly switch it from 9 o'clock in the morning each day 
to 8 o'clock in the morning each day. So now I'm starting to track it because for the past few months, I have told myself I'm going to do this, and I do not do it. So this week, ladies and gentlemen, I woke up at 9 o'clock twice. The rest of the days, I woke up at 11 o'clock very upset with myself. (laughs) This sounds very stupid, and I agree. Every time I get up at 9.30, I continue to snooze, lay down, say I'll give myself 15 more minutes, and it turns into about two or three more hours. And it is one of the most frustrating things for me to admit, but I am getting my ass kicked by my own body in the morning right now. And so just for anybody that doesn't know, it's because you, you're you doing the, uh, what would you even call that? So, so basically, so I was with Cintas for nine years, and I moved on to entrepreneurship. And it's affected me... The sleeping hasn't affected me with the delivery portion of the things. I'm, I'm doing very well with that. However, the things that I want to do for myself, I'm not finding the time to do them because yeah. I'm sleeping too much. My day has consisted of basically waking up, doing DoorDash, getting home, relaxing, and then on to the next day. So what's the goal that you're setting for yourself that we can hold you accountable for? So 9 a.m. right now to get started and get myself into a routine and then eventually 8. I, I think text it's you reasonable. every morning at nine in the morning. Make sure you're. Awake. I will ignore the hell out of your text. Watch. I believe it. Here's <laughs> here's here's what I think needs to happen, because this is ideally you getting up and going to work, correct? So this is ideally me getting up and doing the things on my own that I need to do, and then me going to work around eleven or twelve typically. Okay. Okay. Fair. Um, okay. Let's see. I, I want. I want. How do I know if you're sticking to this, though? I mean, you could easily come here next week and tell me you accomplish these goals. No, you you know me better than that. I I want I want a message every morning. I will straight up saying that you're awake. Yeah, I, I want to know when you're awake. Roy, in fact, I had told him about this prior to the podcast. I think a week ago, and I told him that one day I slept until three, and he said, "Okay, Blake." I want a picture <laughs> of you out of bed every morning. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, sounds good. And the last thing I had for this week. Sorry, I don't want to take up too much of everybody's time. I wanted to tell Greg a little story about what he has coming for him in about 11 years from now, 12 years from now. No, so Morgan oh is 12 years old, and she is a sixth grader. And I was told a little story a couple days ago about how there is an Instagram account called Stricker Creepers. Account. A seventh grader was taking pictures of girls' butts and posting on Instagram. So it was someone from the school. Yes, it was a seventh I, I grader. I flipped out on this post and I said, this sick fuck needs their ass beat. So. Because I wasn't aware if it was a child or if it was someone across the street in one of the homes. No, it, it was a seventh grader. And some of the comments, one of Morgan's friends, her picture was on there. One of the comments was, fucking bitch, from a middle schooler. And wow. then, then, Wait, then, were they referring to Morgan? No, her uh, friend. Oh, friend. Okay. Then there was another one and the comment as Holly put it, was sit on my face from another middle schooler. Now, I would say I could sit here and judge these kids, but I know how I was when I was around that time in middle school. We didn't have access to Instagram and all that, but I was definitely saying some things I probably shouldn't have said. So it's definitely an odd twist, Greg, when you get here in parenthood and you go, what in the hell is going on? I know about the account because I am friends with the mother of the the Morgan's friend, Mm -hmm. so I know who you're talking about. And, uh... The comment that I saw from the person posting it was, I just want her to suck my dick. I heard about and that, that too. that made me lose my goddamn mind. I saw red. I was I was livid. And it, I didn't even take my own daughter into account at that point. I was like, what the hell? This is someone else's child. And someone's like, and like I said, I didn't know if it was someone from the school. I didn't know there's houses right across the street. I didn't know if it was some pervert across the street. I didn't know the situation. But it pissed me off when I saw this. 
All I want to say is good luck, my friend. And I, I'll I lead into you guys on your week. So since I'm already talking, I'm going to go ahead and say sort of along the lines of you with being upset about the Goldberg thing last week, I kind of took your demeanor from last week and thought to myself, I don't want to watch wrestling pissed off. And I also took something from Roy where if I laughed at it or it gave me a little bit of a smile or something, then obviously I enjoyed something about it. And it shouldn't be a, ra- uh, a rant. If anything, it shouldn't go on the list at all. So I watched this week with that mindset. And I've realized that I had a lot more fun with wrestling this week than I have in a long time. Um, not that I, not that I'm saying it was amazing. My mindset made it a little better than it had been. Um, other than that, my week's been pretty good uh, as far as work goes. They've given me a pretty decent project where I have been in charge of uh, editing the new hire transcripts. So basically, I've been going over the whole new hire training course this whole week. Um, just reading PowerPoints and slides and all this stuff to make sure that everything's right. No, you know, misinformation, stuff like that. I don't know if that's them leading me into wanting to train the new hire class. Um, I'm not sure, but it's been a pretty cool opportunity for me. So I've been having fun with that. Awesome. All right. I want to talk about the Goldberg thing for a second. (laughs) It's a really fine line to walk because I agree. It sucks to be, where we were last week with with the Goldberg stuff, and for me personally, it it broke me. I didn't even feel necessarily upset. I I still don't feel any type of way about it. I do feel like the WrestleMania card is ruined for me, which is crazy because it's the card that I wanted. It's just that belt swap is really the only difference. The reason I say it's a fine line to walk is because like you say, you know, we both say we want to enjoy it. We don't want to look at it so negatively, but at the same time, there has to be a way to hold them accountable for what we feel are bad decisions. And so you, it's difficult to, to watch something that you disagree with and to be and to kind of pretend that you're fine with it. Um, Cause then it's like, then they just keep doing this. So it's, it's, it's difficult. I don't know. I just try and ignore it at this point. I'm just grateful that we have other options right now. I know everybody's solution is always like, well, don't watch. And it just, it doesn't work that way. We're so invested. We watched for so many years. We love it so much, despite the constant bitching. We're not just going to be able to just stop watching it, especially with what we're, what we're doing now with the podcast and everything. Um, I actually think the WrestleMania card is really fun this year. There's a lot of matches that I'm curious about that I don't feel I can easily predict. And, um, just that title swap is killing me and I'm trying to get over it. Uh, I was moving away from wrestling. Some of the things that I was up to this week, I started playing the game under hero. I'm having so much fun with under hero. Um, the color palette is really fun. It's so much like paper Mario on the thousand year door, but they really kind of even modernized that battle system. So I'm having I'm having a lot of fun with it. There, there are games that come along every once in a while where I I can look at it and know right away this is a game I'm going to have a connection with and that I'm really going to enjoy. And I got that feeling right away as soon as I first found out about Under Hero, and it came out on the Switch, and I'm loving it. Another thing that I wanted to tell you guys about is that I saw Sonic yesterday, and I am not a fan of Sonic. Um, I grew up on the mean streets where it was Mario versus Sonic, you know what I mean? Like everybody had their gang that they rolled with, and uh, I was definitely in the Mario gang. 
So I never really gave Sonic much of a chance. I, I never found the appeal of the games or the character. Uh, after last night, I am a Sonic fan. Yes. That movie was so good to the point that it actually made me more curious about the character and actually want to try out some of the games. I think they killed it with that movie. Do either of you have any plans on seeing that? I do want to see it for sure. I think I will see it eventually. Not at the movies, but I'll Redbox it or something like that. It was really good. Um, Sonic was actually entertaining. Jim Carrey killed it, as was expected. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, beyond that, I have been on vacation from work, so I'm not... <laughs> I'm feeling a little happier there, at least. Yeah. I don't have to go to work after this today, so it definitely eases my mind. Um, and I almost, I'm almost i on like a little podcast vacation, too, because Blake's hosting this week. And there's like, usually the bottom half has so many notes for him, keeping track of score and stuff. And I'm just looking at my blank paper, and I just I don't even know what to do with it. Mine is filled up, <laughs> but I kind of like it. It's, it's different. I want to touch on what you said, too. Typical Blake played both sides, by the way. With Mario and Sonic, oh, couldn't man, pick you a can't side. Do that you gotta pick a side. And and you know me, I always do that. Even in like, if we have two friends argue, Roy will tell you this. I go, well, I'll tell both sides and agree kind of with both sides and try and find the happy medium. It's very infuriating. We had we had a conversation recently. I don't remember the specifics, but I clearly it, it may even have been the blow up that you and I had, Greg. But I very clearly did something wrong, and I'm like, I asked Blake, like, why do I do that? And he said something about, like, you know, over texting, it could be an issue. And I said, like, well, I do it, you know, at certain times. And he gave me another reason. I was like, so what you're saying, Blake, is I'm absolutely perfect and I did nothing wrong. And he said, you got it. And I feel like that really is almost his goal, is to just find a way so, to bring a positive to it and just be done with it. In, in, in that, that issue that happened... You and I are going back and forth, and Blake is coming in with these comments of like, oh, I did that back when I was a kid. Yeah. And just like little things like that. It's like, all right, Blake, this isn't working, dude. But <laughs> yeah, he's really try trying now. to defuse it. Good try. <laughs> I, I try. I do but my I, best. I just love that, like, you know, I, I'm saying I did something wrong. And even, you know, even though he may agree on some level with that, he's just, it's not in his personality to keep diving deeper down he's just just trying to uplift and so the only conclusion i could draw is that i was perfect that i did nothing wrong and he was content when we reached that conclusion so enough about me and my horrible mediating skills let's get into some wrestling talk i want to start with mjf and him giving the kid the finger and get your thoughts on how you guys feel about this i absolutely love it i know it's a very thin line to walk in this day of wrestling but i fucking love it um, uh, he took it a step further, and I don't know if you saw the picture, but there was a paraplegic, and he's taking a picture with the paraplegic, flipping him off as well, with his finger probably about two inches from his face. Um, MJF, dude, if he's not the epitome of a heel right now, I don't know who is. So, after watching the MJF promo on AEW last week, I really felt like there are some comparisons between he and I and the way that I... The, the trash talk that I do for our Smash Brothers events. Um, I do think that the... I think the middle finger to the kids is a step too far. I do think it's entertaining and it's hilarious. And I do think it's amazing. <laughs> but if your action is 50-50 on if a kid cries or not, maybe let's not do it. Man, I am so torn by this. Because I can appreciate I him just... taking a character and utilizing it for good, you know, not yeah. just on screen, but in signings. There, I can appreciate that. However, I do think there's a line, yeah. and he's stepping over it. 
a little bit. I can't imagine like being a kid and this is like one of your heroes, <laughs> and you meet them. Like I met I met The Rock when I was younger, and I never knew that. That's I awesome. I wasn't really that emotional of a kid, and for whatever reason, meeting The Rock face to face at no point was I nervous. Meeting him face to face, my eyes instantly started to water. It was very emotional right away meeting a hero like that. And if he had turned around and gave me the fucking finger, <laughs> I can't even imagine that. So, do you know what happened during this whole signing? No. So, apparently, out of like the hundred of people that were there to get signed, he signed maybe three things, and the rest of the people were pictures of him just flipping them off. So, it was like a whole thing. Like, these people went to a signing, and he didn't even sign, but like three things. Yeah. Well, I know they... They actually, they had some signings set up for Full Gear, and his was, like, extremely expensive. It was basically, like, you're going to pay. If you're going to get a signing from me, you're going to pay. Right. They worded it a much cooler way than I just did, mm-hmm. but it fit his character so much. I did like that, but, man, I don't know. That line, he is he's, yeah. he's either crossing it or he's right there. So the next thing I have for you guys, PW Insider says that WWE held a meeting backstage at Raw this week to go over information on the coronavirus so the wrestlers can protect themselves against it. I bring this up not really for the protection of the wrestlers, but for some things that I've seen on Facebook. I follow a group called Mania Club, which obviously I know you guys have heard of them as well. They always travel to Mania. They set up trips for Mania. And there's a lot of fear about the coronavirus and WrestleMania, which makes sense. And typically, with something like this, I would go, ah, they're kind of over-exaggerating a little bit. The media is playing out to be more than it is. But at this point, I've already seen that, I believe in Italy, they are completely disallowing fans to any sporting events events for the next month. And now, the NBA is is talking about, basically, owners need to prepare for there to be no fans at some of the games coming up. This is unprecedented. I've never seen anything like that. The only time I've seen anything where a stadium was empty for a game was actually the Orioles back during the riots. And I remember being like, wow, that's crazy. I've never seen anything like this. So what I want to ask you guys is, is there a chance that this could affect WrestleMania next month? And what are your thoughts? I truly think it it does. Um, As far as, I mean, you have people that come from all over the world to be there. So if you've got people traveling from countries that the outbreak is worse than ours, there's got to be some level of concern, not just for the wrestlers. you got to think about the fans. There's going to be way more fans in that building than there are wrestlers. Um, I, one of the music festivals that I usually go to, it's a three-day weekend festival, is offering refunds and also talking about just completely canceling the festival because of all of this. And that isn't even until May. So, obviously, this the, it's, it's not okay what's going on. It sucks. Um... I read something the other day that hospitals in the U.S. are being prepped for 95 million cases and half a million deaths from it. Um, I know when you think about half a million, 95, and the amount of people in the, in the U.S., it's not a lot. But when you get that many people in a place like a football stadium and you bring you cross-contaminate cultures and uh, people from every country, something's going to happen, unfortunately. Um, and I, I don't think that – I don't think they should cancel it. But I do think they should monitor it closely, and I don't think it's far-fetched if we see an only televised mania. What do you mean by monitor it closely? So I know in Tampa right now, they uh, so obviously the bigger states have more of an outbreak right now. So New York, California, Florida. Um, Tampa has been the one. New York isn't a big state. 
Well, I, most populated wise. Okay. Um. So Florida, I believe Tampa has been listed as the number one for the most outbreaks so far of the coronavirus. So with that being the home site of WrestleMania, that's a big concern already. Um. So they are monitoring about the cases and. Although they have people that are quarantined, there's also cases that aren't confirmed coronavirus. So, I, obviously, I'm not a medical, I don't know, I'm not the CDC or anything, so I don't know how they monitor these things. But I do know if it's something that they feel is a risk to the general public like that, I think the government would step in and shut things down, too. Um, so, if, I don't think that, I, I do think that the coronavirus is inflated quite a bit. And what we see, I think that when you look at the exact numbers, it's not it's either. not as terrifying. I think it's a as glorified flu, but it is still a concern, and it's something that needs to be taken seriously. Either way, I don't think there's a chance in hell that they cancel WrestleMania. I think, I think they would have to be specifically told by somebody to cancel it. I think even if the coronavirus were twice as bad as it is, WWE would go ahead with it, and because I, I really think that they're that greedy with when oh, yeah. it comes to that sort of thing um and i think that they would put it under the guise of we got to do what's best for our fans and so they would try to do that i mean they we had uh, uh, we had the whole murder thing with saudi arabia and they still went there like a week or two after the fact you're going to tell me that the coronavirus is going to stop them from making money right and i think in the i think my answer is that in the grossest way possible, no, I don't think WWE for a second would consider canceling this. I, I completely agree with you. I kind of wonder if the state could be the one to tell them, like, we're not doing this because I, I believe, like, for the NBA, they're not just saying that they're not going to do it. I believe they're prepping for states to tell them that, hey, we you can't hold these kind of events. The world. I mean, there's definitely... Yeah. This Definitely is this is very concerned. unique, um, this case, and for people, a situation where it is in other parts of the world, and people from other parts all over the world are going to come to media. So, and typically, I wouldn't talk about this with wrestling, but because of media yeah, and the timing, and not only that, but us dealing with the flu ourselves, we <laughs> have some experience. To clarify: I don't think we're at a point where it needs to be canceled. I agree. I, I haven't. I'm not going to pretend to know much on the subject i haven't really looked into it maybe if i did some research i would feel differently but from the little i know right now i would say that we're not at a point where it needs to be canceled but i also just feel like they never would anyway yeah even if if i even if i felt like it needed to be if the majority of people felt like it needed to be if their roster felt like it needed to be i don't think that they would i i agree with you if if it's up to wwe no it it, the only way it happens if the state of Florida says, "Hey, we're just we're not doing Which this." Even that, I don't know how much they can control because you just had that issue in Utah with the freak blizzard uh, for Raw, and the governor was like, if they, if "Anything that happens is on WWE," and they they told him to shut it down, and they wouldn't. So, all right. Anyway, enough about coronavirus. We've heard about it. We've talked about it a ton. I just wanted. I know it's translated to wrestling. I wanted to bring it up. So Brian Alvarez told. Wrestling Observer Radio that Vince McMahon apparently started allowing the Canadian Destroyer again because he saw it in NXT and wanted it on the main roster. So why would you... Wait. Okay. Anyway. What are your thoughts on Vince McMahon bringing back a move because he saw it on NXT? Shouldn't it not have been on NXT as well? (laughs) I brought this one up because I think this is hilarious. This kind of shows what I think the three of us have thought all along where Vince McMahon is just really not that in touch 
with what's going on outside of Raw and SmackDown. This amazes me that someone at his level doesn't just, just doesn't, yeah, and, and sees a move on NXT and goes, we should do that. Uh, I, I think that's incredible. Roy, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. That's bizarre. Um, I can understand the initial... I, I do. I see both sides of it. I can understand when the move is first popularized, he looks at it and he says, that's too dangerous, we're not going to do that. And then after years of it being more commonplace and you see like this is a safe move, maybe he changes his mind. So when I look at it that way, maybe that makes sense. But I do agree at the same time that it it does make me feel like are you not really, do you not have your finger on the pulse that it took seeing it on NXT for you to be like, okay, we can do it. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, I know for me, like, let's say just on our podcast level, right? We're a small podcast, right? I do everything I can to try and prepare for this podcast. I listen to other podcasts and he is running an insanely large company and like, you're not, you're not watching NXT, you're not watching AEW, you're not seeing the things going on around you. That, I don't know, that bothers me. I, I feel like AEW. that's that's crazy. And I'm glad he brought it back because I loved it. I thought, I thought it was amazing. <laughs> so, the last thing I have for you guys for our wrestling talk. There is a report from Wrestling Observer Newsletter that there was negativity and uncertainty within Vince McMahon's reaction to Shayna Baszler after a match with Kyrie scene. And apparently, she didn't come off like a WrestleMania headline. You know headline. what? I saw that. And it's so... <laughs> we have a goal to cut cuss much less on this podcast. And I'm having a hard time right now. I knew this one was going to trigger Roy. And it so had to be stupid. talked about. You put her up against Kyrie Zane, Who is a great wrestler. But has... I don't even know the last time. I didn't even... I wasn't even sure that they were still the women's tag team champion. On Monday, I had to ask Blake. I was like, they're still the champions, right? They're... They lose so often as a team, I feel like. And then Asuka started going off on her own. The bottom line is, what what excitement are you generating from Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Zane? I don't know. I, what does that even mean? What is responded to, like, a rest, what does that mean? What did, I don't understand. Greg? <laughs> it, I mean, Roy said it. Yeah, it was a glorified squash match for no reason. Like, it, it, why were you even hyping that match up? It should have just happened and been done. It ended up being a pretty long match too, didn't it? Yeah. It did, and it was, and it was my least favorite match of any Shayna and Kyrie Sane match I've seen them in NXT, and they could definitely do better. Um, and it seems like we're picking on Vince Man a little bit here, but this was more for Shayna. I'm worried about this. I'll be honest, because he, when he gets a certain opinion on wrestlers, yeah, it's it. it's it. And there's no coming back from it. And they need Shayna to be important in this women's division right now. I agree. There's talks of Becky taking a break soon. I don't know when that happens. Probably after Mania. Who knows? They're going to need somebody to pick up the slack in the women's division. And Shayna is the prime candidate for that. And right now, you know, if he changes his opinion on her, that is not a good look. And it's crazy to me that that's all it took was just one match and one dead match. One match. And, and that granted, I could have told you wasn't going to get anybody excited. And granted, what does that really mean? You know, where did they get that? Where is that? What is the context of that? He came out with uncertainty. Did he say, I'm uncertain about it? I doubt that. So it was like, are we judging this off an expression he had after the match? I don't really know. And they didn't oh, yeah, get into too much there's detail. There's so much open to interpretation. Yeah, there's a no lot. idea what, what the reality of the situation was. But 
I mean, I hear about this a lot for certain wrestlers, and I'll tell you what, every every single time I hear about it, they're they're squashed in the future. So this worries me a little bit. So let's get into our main event for this week, guys. Some rant and some rave. And I will start off because our rotation for today is Bagger. And my number one rant for this week is going to go to Raw. And it was, what's in that burlap sack? We waited four months. Four months, guys. That's how long the build was for this burlap sack. And we called it. We knew. We anticipated it not being a great payoff for us. However, I was not expecting a fake mechanical spider. I I gave WWE maybe more credit than I should have because this was really bad. I they could have gotten a real spider. They could have figured something out. This fi- this spider, the way it looked, was just ridiculous. I think the whole Rowan thing is gone. I, it's probably a wrap at this point. I don't see where he can go from here. But I did. I'm going to see if I can find it. I wanted to quote one of our friends. Because Wingate, who's been on the podcast before, he didn't watch this particular role. And Roy had posted the video for him to see what his reaction would be. Assuming that it would be the same as ours. As in, what in the heck is going on here? Why would they do something like this? And Wingate's reaction was, bruh. Like, I had a pet tarantula when I was a kid, but I couldn't tell if that was just a fake spider that looks really great or actual real one. And moments like that make me wonder, maybe WWE's doing something right. That is exactly what my takeaway was. When I saw him say that, I I went, well, this is exactly why we deal with this shit. (laughs) (laughs) So this is something I wanted to bring up to the podcast because, now, granted... I think it's a lie. (laughs) Granted, Wingate was probably a little bit under the influence, but... For him to come away with that reaction and say that shit better not be real, uh, we Roy just called him an idiot at this point. I laughed, and it kind of opened my eyes a little bit because I said, "Wow, there's somebody who's watching this and was like, holy shit, look at that spider.'" That's all I got for that, guys. So we have uh, Elimination Chamber 2010 playing in the background right now. Turn around and take a look at uh, 2010 Drew McIntyre, the chosen one. Wow. Very strange looking. All right. Uh, my first rant of the week is going to go to Raw. Ooh. And it doesn't matter which way you do it. It doesn't matter if it's Garza versus Umberto or Andrade <laughs> versus Rey Mysterio. I don't need a goddamn tag team match of it. Okay? Plain and simple. I'm done. I have gotten to the point where I don't even want to write it down anymore because Jesus. it's so consistent and we talk about it so much. I try and switch it up a little bit because... How many weeks have we talked about this? It's, it's, so, for me, it's not necessarily that they keep doing this. It's like, okay, we're going to make it a tag team match now because that's fresh. It's it's like a rotation of matches between right. these four wrestlers at this point. All right, my number one rant's going to go to... I'm going to give it to Chelsea Green and Shotzi. Just because this was one of the most dead spots of the entire week for me. I don't really understand the point of it. Chelsea Green, she came in. She had a new look. There was a new gimmick. She lost. And Shotzi was on. Shotzi like had a, was kind of on like a streak where she was like a big deal. And then we flipped it. And I just, I walk away from this situation feeling like both of these women are kind of a waste of time. Okay, so so you're ranting. I'm not going against. I'm just out of curiosity. 
your rant was more so the outcome of Shotzi losing, or was it was it the match itself? I would prefer Chelsea Green to win. I wish she had won her debut match. Okay. Uh, the issue that I have is, I guess, the inconsistency between the two of them and the lack of direction. So now when I get to this match, I'm not even that interested. And instead, we're not going all in on either one. We're just going 50-50 with both, which is making both of them boring. Instead of letting me have one person that I can get excited about. And that's something that's bothered us for a while. I, I'm going to say for NXT, I did not have a single rant for NXT this week. And that is very rare. I think that's the first time I've ever not had a rant for a show. So I just I did want to say that. I don't disagree with you though. I think that is a fair assessment. And I didn't quite come out with that because I think they just hadn't got either one of them to that level yet to make me feel disappointed that one lost. But I do agree with that sentiment and I think that's correct. Well that was that really is the major reason that it was a rant is just there was no I didn't feel anything for the match. Yeah. I didn't even feel like, okay, this is the beginning of somebody's story or like where does this go? I just felt like it just felt like filler. And like nothing else will come of this. Okay. I can agree with that. So my number one rave for this week is going to SmackDown. I And they deserve it. I gave them a hard time last week. I was very negative about SmackDown. And, and maybe not rightfully so. So I wanted to give them my top rave this week. Because basically half of this show was the tag team gauntlet match. And I think it saved SmackDown this week. I don't think SmackDown was off to a good start before that. But I loved this tag team gauntlet match and i feel bad because i i definitely took like an hour of the show with just this match but that's what it was i had a, i had a lot of fun with it um it definitely definitely made heavy machinery look pretty damn good. yeah without a doubt um, i think it finished the way it needed to um especially for that feud to take off as far as uh rude and ziggler goes with heavy machinery but i did i had like you said Usually I complain about a one match taking up you know 45 minutes of my time on a two-hour show, but they, they did it right with this one. Yeah, I think this was the right call because, in my opinion, this is the best match on the chamber. So it was a great lead into the chamber. And while the end result disappointed me, that was the point. That The point was for me to be a little disappointed that Otis and the Heavy Machinery didn't finish it off. And Ziggler was able to get the win on Otis. They, that's what they wanted to achieve. So, in that case, I would say it was a very well done gauntlet match. We've done the gauntlet match leading into Chamber a few times now. Mm-hmm. And I think it could become one of my favorite traditions if they continue to do that on the go-home shows. Because it's been some really good matches that came out of it. And of course, Dolph Ziggler was going to win. What are you I, talking about? All right, you're going to make uh, me switch anyway, this over. <laughs> so my number one rave Speaking is of Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler. Oh, here we go. Speaking of Dolph Ziggler, ladies and gentlemen, because we're recording a second podcast later. So this is a good opportunity to advertise oh that. Don't you Since dare. we're talking about Dolph Ziggler, <laughs> later on we will be discussing R&R's personal Mount Rushmore of wrestling. And you got to imagine that after a win like that, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler is in contention for the Mount Rushmore. What were your thoughts on Heavy Machinery and the way they booked them in this match? Because we had talked about last week, they haven't really won anything, but they felt important. I think they did a great job of making them look good. I I think it was the way to do it. There's that cynical side of me that just watches thinking like, what is the point of this? This is just to help mm -hmm. me feel better about their loss Sunday. But once you start going down that hole, you'll never get out. You'll never enjoy wrestling at all. Otis, 
I, I continue to love Otis. Otis. And Biggie. Oh my god. Otis and Biggie was amazing. I I could watch Otis and Biggie one on one every week. I love Otis. He's definitely in my top ten at this point. How do you feel about the fact that uh he he blew his big chance? Mandy's done with him. No, she's not. She's chosen her stallion. She's I, gonna find out the truth. I, I, I've seen her watching backstage, Roy. I she's got some interest in Otis, and he was impressive this week. I think she's gonna give him another shot. Impressive he lost to Dolph Ziggler. That man went you through five me. tag teams. Dolph Ziggler and Mandy Rose isn't the sexiest couple out there. Otis and Mandy. No way. <laughs> it's Otis and Mandy, bro. Alright, let's move on. Is it my turn? No, it's my turn. It's Greg's. Um so I have two that top my number one this week um what but for i yeah i don't know which one to choose so i'm gonna let you guys nxt or AEW for rave yes um oh this is fun nxt or AEW? i'm gonna let you each choose one AEW. so my favorite show of the week was nxt this week so i'll get say nxt so now what do you do AEW or nxt neighborhood acm AEW. So my number one rant is going to be goddamn Chris Jericho again. Wait, your number one rave. Rave, my bad. That's okay. This whole thing screwed me up. That's okay. My number one That's what I'm here for. Chris Jericho. And the fact that this man came out and said, you cheated. You had two eyes the whole time. I trained for a man with one eye for two months, and you could see out of both the whole time. You cheated, and you don't deserve that title. Can we talk about this for a second? Because this is bothering me. Can I take back my decision? <laughs> This is bothering me, and we, first of all, we we made a big mistake not talking about AEW that much last week. I think we all were kind of of the mindset of we'll talk about it afterwards. Definitely leading into the pay-per-views, we should, we should start touching on them a little bit more. But I don't understand. We wrestled an entire match, and then at the end, he took it off. Right. And they say he could see the whole time. Right. But he could not see the whole time because right. he was wearing an eye patch. Which, again, is why Jericho gets the damn rave. But even like... He, I love his promo. I agree man. with that. That's funny. I fucking love him. But everybody seems to... <laughs> to believe that he could see the way. whole time. He no, could see he could see for time. 10 seconds of the match and that's how he and won. And suddenly he just <laughs> had this burst of energy. Right. He said, check this shit out. It was out. all in that eye, man. I don't understand. <laughs> this is this is the portion of wrestling where at some point you gotta ignore something. <laughs> yeah, the cave yeah and, and I'm just I'm going to choose to ignore it. <laughs> I get it, but yeah, I, I'm choosing to ignore that. But you're absolutely one hundred percent correct. Alright. Is it my turn now? Yeah. Yes, sir. Time to rave. My number one rave for the week goes to Drew McIntyre on Raw. Uh, and the fact that he was able to get me invested in him for this match because I hadn't felt it at all until Monday. And I've been rooting for Brock Lesnar. And I, I don't feel like he's completely won me over to where I'd rather him win than Lesnar. But he took a huge step in the right direction by dropping some of the like fan interaction and the like kind of goofy stuff the that he countdown. did. And he, he just came out, he claymored him. He went up the ramp, he claymored him again. He started to leave, he came back, claymored him again. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, Lesnar got no offense in, which isn't something that you see often. And Drew had no fear for the situation. And it really, it added something to the match for me. And I hope that they keep going in that direction. This is the Drew McIntyre that I want to see. It's the Drew I want to see as well. 
and I agree with that as well. I think the past two weeks, they've done a great job with Drew McIntyre. This was a little awkward for me at first, in the beginning. And then when he got up to the ring, Brock sold it great. So once Brock started selling it, I'm like, okay. He sold it for a really long time. I'm like, okay. Like, I think he's overselling it a little bit. Well, commentary made it weird because he's walking up. They the did. Ramp, and they're like, this is surreal. And I'm like, what's yeah. so weird about And the crowd with the na-na-na-na, hey, hey, goodbye. It was kind of yeah. awkward a little bit. But when he got to the top of the ramp and he claimed again out of nowhere, I was like, holy shit, okay. And... There's no, there was no countdown, guys. That's this is the Drew McIntyre we wanted to see. No, none of the three, two, one Claymore countdowns, the Claymore country talk. This is this is the character that they need to build going into Mania, and he could be a face that way. He doesn't have to, as Roy says, rub elbows with the fans. So my next rant and second rant of the week is going to go to Raw, and it's going to be Riddick Moss beating Ricochet for the twenty four seven championship. Not even a week. After he challenged Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. I feel bad for Ricochet. I don't think he has much of a place in WWE going forward. The rumors are that Vince basically is going to bury him. Doesn't like him. And it's insane to me that someone challenges for your main title. And a, not even a week later it's squashed by someone else. And what bothers me about this is that it's not just about Ricochet for me. It's about the people Ricochet beat to get to the WWE Championship opportunity it makes them look just as bad to me so the oc in my eyes i'm like these guys must suck because they were getting beat up by ricochet for a few weeks Mm -hmm. and now he can't even beat riddick moss the riddick moss push is a little confusing to me (laughs) it is to me too uh i don't really get it he kind of came out of nowhere he's like a sidekick then he takes the title from mojo the crowd's chanting who are you Which was funny. I thought Brooklyn, that was hilarious because, I mean, really, for most of us, who are you? Uh, The 24-7 championship, did Mojo not care? He never came out and tried to roll him up or get his title back? This title's been dead for a while, and and it's it's about time to just officially dead it. Dead it? Dead it. I wasn't sure if I would put this, what I was going to put this, if I was going to put this. I ended up not writing it down at all. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's because even though I think Ricochet is a great wrestler, this this has been his trajectory for a long time now. I've never gotten invested in him and have always almost felt annoyed by him because it's just it's it would be a it was a constant cycle of take this guy seriously, but he loses. And then we had the title match and he just got squashed, didn't get any offense in, and it's like, yeah. And then by the time he gets to the twenty four seven championship, really that's that's what I felt the booking for him was all along. So it didn't even really disappoint me that much. I, I agree. It, it, it's a weird situation for me because I, I was behind him, then I just didn't care, and then it got to this point to where, I, like Roy said, I didn't write it down on either side because I just I, I don't care. Well, personal feelings aside, by the way, it is a, it is a stupid Oh, it's decision. a shitty situation. They, and they're, they're saying there's a that there's possible backstage heat on him. Not just Vince doesn't like him, just he's getting heat on himself. So I don't know. Um, from what I understand, he well, was I'm very sure upset. He's not very happy. Well, he was very upset with the splitting of him and Aleister Black as a tag team. Apparently, he tried very hard to keep that together, and I don't know if that's what started all of it. But um, that's something that just came out as he was very outspoken about them being split up. He was not happy with it all. Well, they. They didn't do him any favors because in NXT, I love Ricochet. And as soon as he comes to the main roster, he's the man who thinks he's a superhero. The man who thinks so he's a they superhero. made him a goofy ass character yeah. already. 
So it's like they didn't help him out much. He's extremely talented. None of us will deny that. He had a weird, abusive relationship with Randy Orton for a while. I just I don't get it. And and for a company who has had problems utilizing talent in the past, this is another example of it. Unfortunately. All right, uh, my next one's gonna go to SmackDown, and it's gonna go to the opening of SmackDown. I wasn't a big fan of the whole NWO segment with uh, Moment of Bliss, and then. Having Shinsuke, Cesaro, and uh, uh, goddamn Sami Zayn come out, it, it didn't seem like it went very well. I know they tried to, to get their legends over and stuff like that. This didn't seem like it went very well. The legends didn't attack them in any way. It just Braun came out and manhandled them, and it was very awkward at first with uh, with Sean Waltman. It almost seemed like he was uncomfortable on a mic. Then you got, which I thought was funny at first, was Scott Hall just making random noises and comments on the side. But then I just realized that I think he's fucking very drunk and doesn't know where he's even at at the moment. Um, and then there was a point where there was a very first of all, that's very disrespectful because he put a lot of work into being clean. He was okay, not drunk. Well, then he needs to learn how to not act like it. That was that was his gift. That's what he was doing. He was there to be fucking weird. It was hilarious. And then there was a point where something was said, and there was just an awkward like ten seconds of silence where like. Alexa didn't know if she was supposed to ask another question. Uh, Nash didn't know if he was supposed to continue talking. Like it was very weird. That's me. where that's where they lost me. I yeah, was okay was with it, and I wanted weird. to give it a chance because it made sense. She's been doing the Hall of Fame right. stuff. They had that moment though, where literally everybody kind of looked around. It was silent for about thirty seconds, and someone clearly forgot their line. I don't mm-hmm. know who, and they di- didn't really know how to recover. And then the music hit, and you threw in Sammy and them. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the segment, and I, that was really the only major blotch on it for me. And it's either either one of them forgot their line, or somebody backstage missed the cue to play the music mm-hmm. because they definitely didn't know what yeah. to do for like ten seconds. But I will I, give Scott Hall credit because he's the one that saved that moment. But I disagree about Hall. I he was the one who kind of I I don't want to say he got old to me quick. I I didn't enjoy the segment. I, I was I was neutral, but he almost made me enjoy it because yeah, first I like, thought he was wrong with you. And then a few minutes into it, I'm like, well, I started laughing. Yeah. So and and I will say when they started talking about Goldberg, I had I had I was rolling my eyes a little <laughs> bit. I'm like, okay, you guys really are not steering me in the direction you want to steer me in. All right, Roy, my turn. Yes, yep. sir. Rant. Yep. Isaiah Swerve Scott losing. So my rant goes to NXT. I hate, I just, it feels, I'm definitely being bitter here. It just feels like I had, I had my guy that I backed. I feel like a fans backed him and what WWE saw, what they should have saw is okay, great. There's a talented guy that the fans like, let's push him. But what they saw was okay, great. There's a talented guy that the fans like, it's an opportunity to get over who we want to get over. Right. And so it just feels like another, it just feels like another small fuck you to me. You're really coming to NXT this week, and I don't like it. But because of what you're saying here, I can't necessarily go against it because I I feel the same same way about him. However, I didn't I didn't come like I didn't come out of this disappointed either because I feel like Austin Theory is also someone who has a great future in this company. Fuck Austin Theory. I mean, you don't like him, right? I'm but not, but I'm at the really end, behind him either. at the end of the day, I think he does look like somebody who could be. Of importance in the future, so it wasn't like he just lost to some nobody. Um, and and at and at some point, I got to go. Well, 
well, what what can they do to push this guy to start getting him wins? Who? Theory. If that, oh, if you that's don't have to. Plan. You can just push Isaiah Smurf Scott, that, the person that we already like. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I I never I never expected easily, so. I never expected them to give Scott a push. So I guess maybe that's why. I didn't but that's me. the thing is that they're not listening. You're, oh yeah, well they they so they truly don't a lot of times. So much positive reception for him, and people wanted to see him in a bigger role, right? That's not just me. That was a lot of people felt that way, and instead they looked at it and said, "That's an opportunity to put over the guy we want to put over." I just wish they would just once fucking hear what we're saying and do that. And I am still bitter. Yes, I'm still. Okay. I am still bitter about what. WWE has given me for the last few weeks. I can see, I can see the emotion, and that's. I, I don't feel strongly enough to where I, I would say this was a great decision. I get what you're saying. I wasn't upset because I looked at it as they're they're trying to push theory, and this was a good way for them to do it. But I think Scott deserves better. I completely agree with that. All right. So back to rave. My second rave of the week is going to go to NXT. Because I gotta try and get some points back since Roy's been so upset with them this week, and it's gonna be Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox cage match. Ring the bell, ladies and gentlemen. For the first time tonight, it is Rant versus Rave. I, wow, man, what happened to you on Wednesday? Or did you watch this on Wednesday? I guess maybe you watched it on Thursday. It was. <laughs> what happened? You say what you have to say, <laughs> and then I will say what I have to say. All right. So I loved this cage match, and they did things that normally make me upset, but the way they did them turned me around on some of these things that make me upset. And I'm going to give you a couple instances. Gonzalez being out there outside of the cage. Immediately, I'm like, here we go again, right? I mean, this is what we do. We knew this was coming. However, I love what they did with her in this match. I think her trapping Knox with the cage door was something I've never seen before. I thought that was cool as hell. I liked that it looked as if she was just going to help her out of the cage while she was climbing out. I'm talking Kai and Knox was at the top. And that would have bothered me a lot. Because I, how many times have I said I hate that? However, she kicked the cage door into her head. And I was like, holy shit, that's a pretty cool spot. I enjoyed both of those spots, and those are things I normally don't get good takeaways from in a cage match. Outside of that, I thought it was a really good match. And this was my favorite cage match of the week with two of them on NXT, and I can't believe I'm saying that because the other one was Roderick Strong and Velveteen Dreams. Like, how could they top them? And I think they did, and I'm back. I'm back with this feud. I'm I'm loving Dakota Kai. I think we could have done better with her on her own. However, I think they did a great job in this match of showcasing her. Right. Okay. Um. What What is the last name of this dumb bitch? Because I Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Yep. Okay. Her and the cage. Her holding the cage door. Uh, to hold Tegan Knox in place. That was the best part of the match. I agree. That was very creative. I enjoyed that quite a lot. Um. Tegan Knox as a competent. I'm assuming she's a competent person. You have to go through testing to be a wrestler in WWE. And you have, like, wellness checks. So we can assume that she wasn't on any serious drugs. So why so many times did she have the win and then said, you know what? What I don't want tonight is to win this match. There were multiple times that she could have just hopped off of this cage to win the match. And that is the biggest 
issue is that this was nothing but a match of I hate the I hate the door. I hate the door thing. I don't understand. There's so many times where I'm like, you literally are standing next to the door and the other person hasn't moved in five seconds. Walk out the door, jackass. They don't do that. She keeps climbing the cage for some reason, and she is stunned at least five times in this match that Gonzalez, is that what we agreed her name is? Yes. Gonzalez is out there. At least five times she's like, oh, I'm winning the match. And she looks out, she's like, oh, shit. She had no idea that Gonzalez was there. Why won't she just jump onto her and then run away? Just jump down. Win the match. I don't understand. That's that's the biggest problem for me. Is it's it's so unbelievable that even when you sus- dis- suspend your disbelief, whatever word that we want to use to justify what they do, I couldn't. Because so often the win was right there and she would not take it. Even after she kicked the door, she kicked the door and then she looks at Gonzalez like, oh shit, you're here? And she just stood there. And Gonzalez was like, She's just looking back at her. I think she's also shocked that she's there. They both keep forgetting that they're there. (laughs) So after like a 10-second pause, then she finally grabs the door to stop her. The entire match was just Tegan. Why and why? Why is Tegan so afraid of Gonzalez? Like she's really terrified of her, right? That's a big woman. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just I there were so many opportunities for the match to end. It's just, it takes so much away from it for me. I wasn't able to have fun. I don't think the wrestling that they did in the ring was anything interesting at all. I don't really remember any spots that were all that interesting. I, yeah, I had fun with a, a certain spot. but A lot of it was just... It's rain versus rain, put your hand down. Jesus Christ. A lot of it was just trying to walk out a door or climb out a cage, only to then decide, never mind, this isn't what I want to do. Okay. So, we decided last week that we're going to go on the sides. I see both of your points, and what I liked about the match, Blake hit. What I didn't like about the match, Roy hit. But ultimately, in the beginning of this podcast, I said if I had fun with something, and I wrote it down on one side, it's a rant, or it's a raid for me. I, I enjoyed the match itself. There was a spot where they hit the four corners of the, the ring like four different times, where... Uh, at one point, uh, Knox like ran in and did the whole backsplash against uh, uh, Dakota Kai, and as she ran to the other corner, Dakota Kai was right behind her with a kick in the face. I thought that was a pretty good spot, and I enjoyed that a lot. I truly do get the whole escaping thing. That did annoy the absolute shit out of me, but it ended with a way that I'm not used to a cage match ending with them holding her, and it ultimately ended in a way that I enjoyed. I'm giving it the rave. What did you have to add? I wanted to add on to what Roy was saying. Which you not, can't do. Not, not only not only did Tegan Knox give up a chance at winning, Dakota Kai did twice. Yeah, at the door. Yes, and I yes. specifically said, I'm like, all right, they both were just down for like two minutes. Dakota's right there. Just walked through the door. Like, you already, like, she asked for the door to be open. It got open. She knocked her out and just didn't walk through the door. Yeah, I don't understand I with that many me. flaws in a match how you guys can enjoy that. So, we don't, we don't disagree with you. I, that's why I started off by saying there are things that the cage match, they bother me. But at the same time, it's like, if I do that, I'm never going to enjoy a cage match. Because those spots happen it's, it's every like single cage match. You don't have to give them a pass for being shitty all the time. I, they, they do like one thing a little bit different, and then we, we say, like, oh, at least it was different. It was still shit. 
It was a different pile of shit. It was still shit. See, I don't. Di- I disagree with that. I don't think the match was shit. I think that there were many spots in the ring that were good. I think that the cage door was unique, and the way they did it was fun. And the I whole- think that this is exactly my takeaway wrestling, because last week I would have been like, this is stupid, and this is why. Because I'm so upset. I'm looking at like the reality portion of it, and I think I'm getting to a point now where I'm like, I need to ignore some of that, or I'm not going to have fun with wrestling. And that's that's why my takeaway was a little different this week. We could, oh, we could talk I'm about this. I'm going to go into my next one, and I've been the one to bring a different perspective to this podcast from time to time. And for the second time in the podcast, the crowd is getting a rave from me, and it's going to NXT. And when ring the bell, ladies and gentlemen, already. for the second time tonight, he just wants to go It's time me. for rent versus rave. Okay, it's going to the crowd for the spot where the dream grabbed. Uh, Roddy by the pants and his butt came out and the crowd started chanting asshole. I'm sorry but that is a clever ass fucking crowd to me and I enjoyed every second of that chant with that spot. Go ahead. Why do you hate me for this? One, it wasn't that clever. Two, you didn't see his asshole, just his ass cheeks. Three, you keep giving the rants or raves for crowds and it's weird. Four, for the, and this I have is, fun with crowds this is, I'm sorry, is it not my turn to speak? I, I, I misunderstood the rules, host. Would you like to go over them for It me? is Roy's turn to speak. Okay, thank you. That's what I had thought was the case. Something a little unusual for Rant, rant and Rave and for the podcast in general. And I, I will need your permission for this, Mr. Host. If we're going down this path, and this is ultimately why I did Rant versus Rave, because I have written down AEW crowd. And I contend to you that my AEW crowd was better than your NXT crowd. Because I think the AEW crowd killed it on Wednesday night. And I think your one chant of asshole does not equal everything that I got with AEW. Okay, so if we're going to go crowd versus crowd, then I'm going to add in the heat on Cameron Grimes. I have never seen a crowd give so much heat to a specific person like that. I've seen it a million times. Oh my god. Have you this, watched dude, wrestling? this dude barely picked up a mic and they wouldn't let him talk for two seconds. What why does he have all this heat? He doesn't come out and talk half the time, he just wrestles. So why has he got all this heat? I'll so s- NXT's <laughs> crowd was still just as good as AEW's. I'll send you a few links so that it's so that you can see some better okay. content. Okay. Other than Cameron so, Grimes. Go ahead, I'll I'll view them right now. So this is this is what it's become now. This is the AEW crowd versus the NXT crowd. It's not even Rant versus Rave. Which crowd was the best crowd? I submit the entire interaction of the crowd with Chris Jericho. Because I think just that one instance tops anything that NXT has. Okay, so am I giving a rave to one of these, or am I... AEW or NXT. Rave versus rave, based on which crowd you think was was better. First thing I'm going to say is, I think it would have been a lot more hilarious to say ass cheeks and not asshole, and I think that was a good point. You were never going to win this with the AEW crowd. They were hilarious, Greg. I'm not even upset and about Roy twisted this. Roy twisted this in such a way that you had no chance. Because when they said, did they chant Fozzie sucks yes. at one point? Because they thought Jericho was going to go away. That, that, and so, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I saw, I well, Antonio told me. I didn't actually look into it or anything. But they had, he mentioned that he would be going on tour soon. That's exactly what I said. And yeah. so they're chanting Fozzie sucks. And I really hope that Jericho understands that. That it's not really, I, at least my interpretation, they're not saying your band actually sucks. They're saying it sucks that that's taking you away yeah. from us. And I hope that he understands that and that he doesn't really think that they're just 
shitty one. I was thinking know. that too because I was like, I hope he's not taking that permit. It's Jericho. He he's smart enough yeah, to know right. better. He knew what it was about because they started doing it after he mentioned being gone for sixty yep. days. I thought that was hilarious, and there's no way, Greg, after that. That's fine. I'm yeah, okay I, with going that In way. my head, I'm like, if we are giving a rave to a crowd, it should not be NXT. We do need to talk about that a little bit, because, like, we need to limit that, Sometimes I, I think. Have, it's limited. It's only been twice in 22 episodes. No, I've, I've, no, I've used crowd before, too. Yeah. Okay. All right, Roy, you're up. For rave? Yes. Yep. Uh, My next rave is... The way that uh, Dream and Adam Cole ended. I went back and forth with it because I feel like it's stupid to get rid of to get rid of a win. Um, but if you look at the world of wrestling, what is the best way to get a championship match? It's to beat the shit out of your coworkers, or to say you're next. That's true. Okay, <laughs> there, are two ways. Yeah. there are two ways to get a championship match. You beat the shit out of your opponent or whoever you want to face. All you got to do is walk up, punch him in the face. <laughs> or you come out and you say, I'm next. Those are the two best, most effective ways. So thinking of it that way, I'm like, you know what? I completely understand where his mindset was. It is like, I could have this win. He looks back and he sees Adam Cole and he says, this is my opportunity to do something bigger than win this match. This is my chance to make a statement. And I remember we were talking uh, a few weeks ago. This is why I texted you and asked if you watched either show yet. Remember, I said I felt like Dream was going to be the next one, and you had talked about you thought it was Finn. I don't think at the time that you really thought Dream would go for the title, and so now I'm I'm interested in how you guys feel about that happening. Uh, but real quick, just to wrap it up, that that's my rave. I really love, I really love him giving up that win and choosing to make a statement. And I mean, he was booked at like feet like. Well, not even Fiend, because Fiend mostly takes abuse. He was booked at, like, Goldberg levels and just beating the hell out of these he guys. destroying them, man. I enjoyed the spot where they kept trying to climb in, and he just took Ronnie the whole time, just smashing him against the cage and stuff. So, um, so what do you guys think? Him, him dropping a win to make a statement against Adam Cole? I think it's different. Usually, it's like, oh, I won the match, I'm the next one in line. I thought it was great. I thought it was absolutely awesome. The fact that he let him get in the ring, he knew he was getting in the in the ring, yep. and he still he threw Ronnie and he he handcuffs the cage shut. I thought it was genius. So I had it as a rave, and I put yeah, despite the fact that it cost him the match, Velveteen yep. Dream took advantage of an opportunity with Adam Cole in the cage. And my takeaway from it in the end was I think he played him the whole time. He got Roddy well, emotional. He the, set up the cage yep, match for the cuffs to be there. That was the piece to let you know this was his plan. He knew that they were going to interfere and try and get in the cage, and he played him. He pushed Roddy right out, locked that cage up, and took advantage of Cole. And I thought that was brilliant. It was something different, and I enjoyed it a lot. How do we feel about? Do we want Dream to be the one to beat Adam Cole? I think I'd be okay with it. I, I'm liking the way he came back uh, with everything that happened. And I feel like it does make sense. For me personally, there's nobody else that it should be. Because the rest of the people that I can even imagine are ones that I've already seen have seen, help. Yeah. And I think this, this thing with Dream is so organic and so natural. And I think that he should be the one to beat Adam Cole. As big of an Adam Cole fan as I am. Um, I think, for me, how my favorites lose their championship really matter to me. And this is a way that I would be okay with. I, I'm a, I'm on board. I agree with it. I think it's it's a good good idea. I think it's time to take it off of them now. Yeah. 
he's the only one left with a belt in Undisputed Era. And on, since Dream has come back, like he, he's he's different, right? Yeah. Like he is focused. He is he's a lot more driven than he was prior to the injury. I love how awkward his style is in that ring. Like the way he just flip, like he's he's so like lanky. It throws me so off the way sometimes. He just too. Wills sometimes it's just it's crazy looking, but I love it. Cause his style really does throw me off. Cause sometimes I'm like, is he botching or yeah. is this just what he or does? What he does, yeah. And I have fun watching him. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great call. I would say either him or Lee would have been my call to be the next champion, and Lee's North American champion. So yeah, I think I Dream is the next best call. Fair. Back to rants. My final rant for today is going to go to SmackDown. And it's going to be, I'm going to take a quote to start this off. And it's, Apollo had Sheamus going for a bit. Michael Cole, the match was 60 seconds. I looked on my DVR just to make sure. So how long did he have him going? Because Sheamus dominated for a full 40 seconds. To see Sheamus and Apollo again, and I I don't really understand what's going on with Shorty G backstage and Apollo Crews. Is this a heel turn for Apollo Crews? That we know isn't going to go anywhere. I don't really know what they're getting at with this whole thing. And it's all supposed to be for Sheamus and to give him a push for Mania. But really, it's just making Sheamus look bad at this point. Uh, my final one, it's it's going to be the OC versus Black. I didn't really have fun with this one. It got very boring very quick. Um, it's a very typical stable thing where the leader makes you know his laggies take the, the falls first to wear down the guy. And then you get in and take the win. Um, I think it was just their way of basically saying, this is how The Undertaker beat AJ, so this is how AJ is going to beat Alistair. I didn't have fun with it, and that's all I really got to say about it. Yeah, it wasn't entertaining. It wasn't the worst thing, but it certainly wasn't entertaining. It took... I hate when they advertise stuff for Raw to get people to tune in and then twist it. And then twist it. Because... AJ yeah. and Alistair sound so, so good. good. I was so happy for that match. And Roy and I had talked about, we seen the card for the night, and we said, this could be an amazing card, but what are they going to do? We knew that on a Raw, you weren't going to You get, weren't going to get it. Because we were looking at AJ versus Alistair and Asuka versus Shayna Baszler at the time. And both of those are matches that probably on a pay-per-view would be great, but we know on weekly TV doesn't really matter. Right. It's, it's going to be some shenanigans. It's just going to be a quick watered-down version of a match. So it was hard to really get that invested, but it was still a, it was still a stacked card. I, I'm also with Baszler and Kyrie, and then the shenanigans with the essentially a gauntlet match with the OC versus. Yeah, and my understanding, they couldn't really help having to swap Kyrie, but you could have at least let me have damn AJ and Alistair. Right. And the fact that this was Alistair's first singles loss like this, and it was just it felt so not important. It's, it's just really odd to me that they didn't take advantage of that opportunity and having him have a singles run, and it kind of devalued him. Even even with them trying to protect him with the whole gauntlet thing, it, does, it didn't really work. It didn't work. And the fact that they're going to do it now at the pay-per-view, I don't know, it's just kind of weird. And it took away from the pay-per-view match itself. My last rant goes to The Fiend's not really... It goes to SmackDown, and it's about there being no consequence to the Fiend dropping the belt. I don't like that when we when we lose a major championship in WWE, there's no story that accompanies that. So it almost makes title changes feel less important because 
it's really just a cosmetic item. It's, it's like, like oh, I lost two characters. It's like buying a skin in Fortnite. Now you have a new you have a new belt, but really it doesn't change any. It doesn't seem to change anybody's story or the direction they go in. And the first thing everybody wants to jump to is like, well, wait, all right, I'm still waiting for Kofi. So I think at this point it's fair to say this is a rant. I agree. I agree with that. I'm glad you didn't mention too much of Firefly Funhouse, but I'm never gonna say that that's that's a bad thing to to have that takeaway because the title is supposed to be important and that's one of the biggest issues i'm getting out of wwe is i feel like based on the responses of people who lost the championship it takes away the value of the championship because it just does not feel important Yeah, they just move on like it didn't even matter it, yeah they don't mention it and it's like it started really really with kofi that one really hit me when he just was like eh, whatever and they hit tease remember they teased him kind of yeah at this point i'm assuming that was just kofi that was just doing, kofi yeah yeah that he, wasn't a storyline direction that was just him adding a little something added, to what he was doing and and the fact that they just they did nothing with it it's i don't know i don't agree with that because i even raved about there's a segment where somebody said the championship and his fish like clenched. Yeah. He was like squeezing the bank. He got subtle little, yeah. It was me versus you. I remember that. Alright, what you got, buddy? Alright, my last rave of the week is going to go to AEW and it's the main event with Darby, Al- Darby Allen. Darby. <laughs> Darby Allen. Darby Allen tagging himself in the corner. Oh my god. I, again, another Darby Allen loss, but this time it is 2 on 1. He's not winning this. He looked great in the match. I enjoyed the match. And what they didn't do was have Moxley come and save him in the match. And that was the best thing they could have done because I've seen that so many times. And I was waiting for that, and they didn't do it. So I think that this was the right way to go about it. And I enjoyed Darby Allen once again. So one of the Darby tagging himself was the ref acknowledging that. <laughs> yes. That, that made it for me. I agree. I was annoyed for most of the match waiting for the Moxley return. So I was like, all right, Darby's going to do all the work. Moxley's going to come out at the end, hot tag, win, and it's going to be like, they did it, even though he didn't do anything. So to do the, to to take it in a route where that save didn't come, that was refreshing. My last rave for the week is going to go to the Randy Orton and Beth Phoenix segment. You said fact, rave? Yes. I'll let you fucking have it. But So I enjoyed Randy's explanation about this, about how Edge saved him and he allowed him to have all the about. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for the third time tonight, it is time for Rant versus Rave. You ain't enjoying a fucking thing. <laughs> I, I enjoyed how he was explaining, like, if it wasn't for Edge, he wouldn't have been able to, you know, be around his kids. He was going down a destructive path and everything. And that the reason he did it for him is so that he doesn't get into that ring and further injure himself to where he can't be around his kids and stuff. He was looking out for him. And then for it to end with... RKO and Beth Phoenix. I thought RKO and Nia Jax was one of my favorite things. I did. I. I. I, won't, I don't want to say I didn't see it coming, but I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did when it did happen. So I. It, that. I enjoyed the the whole segment. For so you like yeah. men abusing women? If that's what it comes down to, Blake. Wow. All right. <laughs> the RKO part was fine, and I was just. I was going to leave leave it alone because it it wasn't. What got me was when you said you enjoyed his reasoning. That's what triggered me because I don't enjoy his reasoning. Um, I've had a lot of struggles in my own personal life, and you, Greg, have helped lift me up a few times. Now, imagine I come over this table and I just beat the shit out of you, 
And I'm like, this is for your health. You're going to be like, this is an amazing story you're telling to me right now. Hey, you did it for me, buddy. The reasoning is stupid. It's what I knew it was going to be all along when you say, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was... You... He didn't even... I'm sorry. He didn't even do, like, just an RKO. He actually did the concerto. So it's like, you easily could have did the thing that you're trying to prevent. But really, in the end, when he has the match still, are you just disproving your own point because you did that, but he's still wrestling? Beth Phoenix has known him for years, and she didn't know that she was going to come out here and get RKO'd? He says, you don't love your kids. She starts crying. She believed it that easily? The whole segment <laughs> had its issues. But what got me, Greg, was when you said that you agreed with his reasoning. I, I enjoyed it. It was not a good reason <laughs> to take out your friend. And there's... there. Easily, you could have written so many better reasons for this. Easily. To make the feud much more interesting. This isn't it for me. I'm still interested in the match and the personalities, and I love both guys. But this particular story, I'm going to try and just forget about that when it comes time to the match. Alright, so, Roy, you kind of dug yourself a hole in this one. Because you've said in the past that if you had fun with something and you enjoyed it, it's a rave, correct? You've said that in the past. I had fun with it. I had it as a rave. The reasoning doesn't make any damn sense. But then when I really think about it, I think Randy Orton's just out of his damn mind. And he truly believes that reasoning. And that's why when I when I took that I, like kind of out of context, I said, all right, now it makes sense to me because he's hearing voices. He's lost his damn mind. He thinks he's protecting his friend by trying to kill him, which it doesn't make any sense because he's like, I want to protect you from somebody else killing you. So I killed you first. So that you could be paralyzed with your kids instead of being in the ring. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense, Randy. But then I was like, I think Randy's just out of his damn mind. And truly believes these things. And that turned it around for me. The segment, I I also enjoyed him RKO and Beth Phoenix. So maybe something's wrong with us. You like women abuse? I, I don't. But apparently, that crossed the line for some people. For me, I thought it was good TV. I enjoyed it. I, I liked it. That's all I got to say. It's a rave. Is it my turn? Yes. So you can actually rave about something that was good for a change? Wow. Wow. Who's the negative one now? My last rave I will give to... They're both AEW. I just don't know which one I want to go with. Alright, fuck it. I'll I'll, I'll give it to MJF. And the promo that he cut. Um, I love the simplicity of the I pinned Cody shirt. It's the most basic shirt you could wear. It's just a font and just a quick sentence, but it's so disrespectful. It's so disrespectful. And since our our friends don't listen to our podcast, I can say this freely. I am going to make a match in Smash between Wingate and I, and I'm going to keep doing it until I win, and then I'm going to buy a I pin a I beat Wingate shirt. And I think that that will drive him absolutely insane. The rest of us would laugh. Wingate will take that so seriously. Yes, it will. It will and be Wingate so offended court. that he will do everything he can to pretty much get back. He'll want more matches. He'll yes. be like, oh, fake me right now. Yeah. It, it, and 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 that's the point. He won't get the point from you. The point will be to get that reaction. Yeah. You know exactly how he's going to react. So I think that would be hilarious, and now I'm looking forward to that. So thank you. Um, I really like the 
the way that he spoke very consistently. He didn't take a lot of pauses. He he went through all of his points, and he really is one of the most disrespectful people in wrestling. I'm upset that this feud with Cody ended up being so boring because it's moments like this that remind you what we saw in MJF in the beginning. So I had the same exact feelings um, on both sides. I enjoyed the promo. This brought me back to what I enjoy about MJF and the level of disrespect. And that's why I was so torn about the middle finger thing with the kid because he he lives his character. And I really enjoy that. What they did with Cody was they watered him down and they gave him a role that we typically see from heels. And it just didn't feel fun, right? It was, yeah. it was more chicken shit heel. Now... It's this is the MJF that I like from the beginning. This is the heel I want to see. And I think he cut a great promo, and I agree about the simplicity of shirt and me enjoying that as well. So, some honorable mentions for this week, guys. What do you have for rants? I don't have any, any honorables for rant. I don't have any for rant either. I only had one, and it was for AEW. And it was, as much as I enjoy the librarian gimmick... I, I'm not a fan of Leva Bates in the ring, and I don't think it was a very good showing for either her or Big Swole, and it was disappointing. I will say, I don't know what it is, but I like the swole, swole. I enjoy that. It's so annoying and kind of silly, but I enjoy it, I, and I, I caught myself going, swole. swole. I, fi- I find it pretty obnoxious. It is, it is. I agree. I don't know what it is, but... Man, I wish she could wrestle because I love the gimmick. I don't care that they're jobbers. I don't. It's something stupid, but typically the stupid things get me. So, I enjoy the librarian gimmick. What about raves? I got a few for raves. Okay, you want to start? Um, I really enjoyed Morrow's role in the interview on NXT. I like that a lot. Yes. Yeah. It was done in a way that we haven't seen before, and it was really genuine. And it felt like this is what would really happen in that situation. Um. I had the AEW crowd. I really liked the TV doing the little cryptic message in the background when Mandy, I think, she, who was she talking to, Ziggler? And just the TV in the background did it. I still don't know what exactly that is. I'm sure there's plenty of theories, maybe even an answer out there, but I try really hard to avoid that kind of stuff. Um, Drake Maverick going to Drew Gulak on SmackDown. Wanting the opportunity to face Daniel, I've enjoyed this whole this whole story from the beginning, and I love, 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 love that we are getting Drew versus Daniel at Chamber. It's what really should have been a squash match, and may still be, but it's one of the matches I'm most invested in, and I really hope that when we get there, that Drew really has done his research and that he just has a ton of counters for Daniel Bryan. I'm also excited about that match and the fact that I believe Drew Gulak is from Philadelphia. And that could play a big part in how the crowd reacts to the match itself. And I my, think the timing's right. My last one was I did enjoy Jake the Snake Roberts' role on AEW. Me too. So did I. Who do you guys think is his client? No idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I, yeah. Literally no idea. I have a feeling it's going to be Dustin. That's awful. I, I feel like that... Yeah, I hope you're wrong. I don't like that. I don't know. That's just a feeling I got. I'm an old man, and I'm an yeah. old man. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, I, like you said, I enjoyed the Jake the Snake part. Um, well, hold on. I wasn't finished. I thought that was your last one. I was still talking, and then oh you cut God, me off in bad. the middle of the talking. 
Uh, I really loved when he said, don't turn your back on anyone you fear or respect. And then he turned his back on it, on, on Cody. Something like that. So Mike drop. And so disrespectful. Agree. I th- I'm, I'm really happy for him personally and the fact that he's in a much better place now. And I hope that being brought into this scene, that he's able to continue on that path. Um, I felt like he spoke well. I felt like he looked well. He, he even though he's a, a much older guy, and I don't, he still kind of has like this. He still has sort of an intimidating presence. I think. Um, I I'm really looking forward to seeing more from him. Yep. I think we're getting in a dangerous place with AEW that every wrestling promotion ends up doing, it's where they keep bringing in these old guys. And I don't know what the balance is because I am still enjoying it, but it's just long term. This is it's it's probably not the right call long term. It's really not. You get much more out of just bringing up a new manager and giving that a few years, so that in a few years you've established your own base. And, and I mean, really, it's only fair to bring this up because we do the same thing with with WWE. It it probably really isn't the right call, but I am having fun with it. So. Fuck me, right? I'm part of the problem. Yeah, I think I think we stop here. Uh, we've got Tully, we've got Arn, we've got Jake the Snake now. And you know what? Thinking about it, hearing you say the names and the roles, maybe that is a really good use of them because they're coming in as managers, and it would make sense. These 50 year vets, these are the ones that you want managing them. And there's a lot of young talent yeah. in AEW. So I, you know, maybe that's a good role for them. But let's let's stop it there. <laughs> I don't want to keep. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, I, agree. I think we're at a at a good we got limit. The rumors right with now. Matt Hardy now, and I almost feel the same thing with that. I was like, it's great, and I do want to see it, and I. But and I also just feel like I'm part of the problem, because <laughs> this the exalted one. That's the thing that the rumor is that he's the exalted one. Mm-hmm. That's a huge rub that we can build. It, the reveal for a new person as the exalted one in the moment that's going to fall flat. We're not going to feel much emotion to that. But in a few years, when that wrestler has taken off, and we look back at their story, it's it's. I think that is the correct path. Okay. What about you? Any um, I enjoy Street Profits being the champions, um, and I also enjoy Fire and Desire getting a win this week. So, they ruined it with the Now or Never. Thing. You knew right away. Yeah, they I knew it was going to win. Why um, say that? It's these little. Do they not know these little tip offs that they give? Yeah. Or do they know that? And they I know that, they, I, and so people will keep watching because they're like, oh, crap, they're about to win the title. It's just weird that they had them have a match, they lost, and they had them have a match, and they win. They say now or never, as if they're never going to get a shot at the tag titles again, which we all know is BS. And now they face each other again at the chamber. Yeah. It's just it's too much. It's just too much. I enjoy Once the Street Profits. For a it's not a good start for a Street Profits run. I completely agree about Fire and Desire, though. I like the touch with Dolph and them getting a win because how many times did Otis call Sonya? And this whole thing is a Sonya mastermind with Dolph. So I like that he got them to win and it almost makes Sonya's reasoning for Dolph seem like yeah. he'd be a better fit for them as a tag team. So I liked that. Who did they beat again? They beat um, Carmella and Dana Brooke. Okay. I was also happy um, for Sasha and Bailey to get the tag win. Yes. yes. Which they should have the week prior, I think. But... I agree. For me, my raves, I'll, I'll give you two of them. The Firefly Funhouse, despite him not acknowledging the belt, I enjoyed the fact of the things that they did with him and Cena. 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 Jesus Christ. Him and Cena, 
I enjoyed that. I like that Ramblin' Rabbit just knows all of the secrets. He's a snitch. Well, he is. I mean, he went. He got. That's he, why he dies every episode. He told the he truth. Keep his mouth shut. Of how a loss to Cena at Mania six year six years ago was a pivotal down in Bray's career, and we all know that, and we've acknowledged that. And Bray is just like, wowie, wowie, like, yeah, that's too much, man. Uh, one of my favorite parts was the nod to Santino. Did you notice that? Yes, Chana. John Chana. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed that, and I and I think it was. Despite them letting me down with the title stuff, it pulled me in for the feud with him and Cena again, and I do want to see it. And the, there's one person that didn't forgive you, and he's talking about the Fiend. Yeah, I liked it. I think it was well done. The other thing I had was the eight man tag to start the show for AEW with the Dark Order and SCU. I really like Cole Cabana a lot. <laughs> a lot. Is this your first exposure to Cole Cabana? Yes. That's really? funny. That's awesome. Yes. I love the Chicago Skyline and the Superman pin. That's the awesome. Superman pin. Is amazing. I love this guy, and I'm glad he's in AEW. So, I'm going to tell you the votes to you guys. First off, I'll say, what was your favorite show of the week? Uh, you can go first, Greg. Uh, I would say AEW this week. Okay. Probably AEW for me, too. All right. Ironically, AEW is only my favorite show, but NXT was actually my favorite show this week. We have a tie. For last place. In last place, the usual Monday Night Raw. Tied with them in last place, and I can't believe I'm saying this, was NXT. Your winner, and this week's champion, AEW.